Greetings EMDR colleagues and friends, Cambria Evans here, the teaching and learning EMDR consultant here today to talk about another topic that has been on my heart and on my mind and wanted to share it with you. Um, I, you know, I'm in this kind of theme this summer of um, wanting to encourage my fellow clinicians and my community to um, take care of yourself and have been making some videos where I have been comparing, you know, what we do for our clients clinically um, and what we should be doing for ourselves, what we deserve to do for ourselves uh, in our practices, in our private practices. So this is another video in that same thread and it was really inspired by one of our uh, subscribers here at Zero Disturbance named Emily and I got this email from her and it just inspired me to make this video today. So <clears throat> Emily, thank you for reaching out and for your message. But she reached out to me and said, you know, I watched your last uh, video about allowing positive cognitions and it got me really excited about um, allowing positive cognitions for myself. She said, I'm at an agency. I've been licensed just for a couple of years. I'm in my late 40s. I have kids. This is my second career. And just kind of let me know where she was starting from and kind of like the stuckness that she was feeling um, in that place. And it got me thinking about uh, where we all start from, not just as clinicians in our journey of our career, but also where our clients start from. Our clients start from a place. <laughs> right? We have to start somewhere. And it's really been beautiful to think about where our clients start from, where we as clinicians start from, and these kind of parallel journeys that we're on. And um, I, I realized reading Emily's message that, oh, I started from a place too. And I wanted to share that place with you today because I think it's important that um, when we, you know, I'm, I'm now an EMDR consultant and I have an intensive only EMDR practice. I have group consultation and I have online courses and I have all these things I've created, but I started from a place. I started from a place and it was not pretty. <laughs> and so I want to share more about that so that if you are in your starting place, right? If you're in that place of like, I'm here, but I want it to feel or look different, just like how our clients often feel or experience when they first come to us for EMDR therapy, I want to share where I started from because it was not that long ago, right? It's, it's 2021. I'm going to take us back just to like 2017, right? It's just four years ago. Um, so I want to do that today to help you see that you have a starting place and that we have agency, we have choice. And when we, when we understand what's really happening, we feel powerful to uh, move towards what we want, okay? So when I wrote back to Emily, I, I said to her, you're in your starting place, this is amazing, I would love to support you. Um, I also, you know, I have twins, I also, um, this is my second career, I was at Stanford for, you know, 14 years before this, not as a therapist, as I was a director of education. Um, and so, you know, I get it. I get what it's like to be <laughs> later in life, starting your second career with kids, feeling like I'm not sure how this is gonna be or how this is gonna go. Um, and, you know, I will I will take you back. You know, in 2017, I was, um, you know, in an office, in an agency with no windows. It was like a tiny little baby closet office. It was dark. Um, next to a bathroom. 
I was literally seeing my EMDR clients in a dark closet office <laughs> and the furniture was terrible. Uh, and the toilet was just flushing all the time, right? So we're processing targets and the toilet's flushing next door. It was very loud, right? We're hearing doors open and close because I have like three other offices next to mine. I mean, it was just, it was not ideal, okay? And now, 2021, I have three windows behind me and one window in front of me, right? I've, I've upgraded significantly. But to, but to get there, but to, to move forward, you have to make choices, right? And it's interesting how we, how we do that, whether it's for us as clinicians or for the clients, right? How do we choose to interpret what's happening to us? That process is important because when you have a client come in and, t- and tell you, you know, um, I'm, I was a bad kid um, and my parents were great. Like there's this narrative this interpretation of what happened or what's happening, right? But what is EMDR? It's just reprocessing, right? To understand what really happened, right? What really happened, my role in that, um, how I should feel about myself now, right? It's this beautiful place of like what I, what I think is happening or what I think happened in this negative cognition to this place of here's what's really happening in this positive cognition place. And it's not Pollyanna and it's not wishful thinking, okay? So I, I want you to just to try this on and see if this feels helpful to you today. So, so for example, so when I was, you know, back in 2017, I was, I was EMDR trained, but I wasn't certified. I wasn't a consultant. I was at an agency, so I was not in private practice, right? I'm next to this bathroom with the toilet flushing. I think I was charging like, I don't know, $50 a session, something like that. Um, and I was just about to get licensed. Y'all, I wasn't even licensed (laughs) in 2017. Okay. I had been seeing clients for a long time because I took a longer time to accumulate practicum hours and internship hours because I had twins. So during this whole time I was pregnant with twins, which is uncomfortable. And I was, um, my, my kids were one years old in 2017. Okay. So in this space, I was feeling lost and I knew I wanted to go into private practice. I knew I wanted to get out of this bathroom closet office thing. Right. And when I started Cambria Evans psychotherapy in in the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, I immediately fell into the traditional schedule of weekly sessions. Right. I immediately fell into, well, here's what I think my rate should be because here's what I think is okay with, with everybody else. And here's what people will pay. Right. I was very hesitant. And I was just kind of looking to people around me to tell me what to do, quite honestly. And I got burnt out pretty fast. Um, And that was just part of the process. It was like normalized, right, that we would have periods of burnout as therapists because our job's really hard. So I was just like taking all this on, right, taking on these negative cognitions about how my life should or shouldn't be or what I deserve or didn't deserve at this stage of my development, Um, but what was really happening was that I was seeing all the flaws of the messaging in the community. That was, that was what was really happening. Okay. And back in that agency, back in that bathroom office, right. What was actually happening was I was learning, um, exactly what I did not want for my practice. Right. And even before I went into being a therapist, I was at Stanford. I had this really secure job. 
Um, but I was capped at how much money I could make. So um, I could work and work and work and work and work <clears throat> and kind of have the, the reputation of being at this amazing university and learning, right? Um, but it was scary to let go of that perceived security. And even when I told my colleagues at Stanford, I'm leaving after 14 years to go start my own business, they kind of looked at me like I was insane. Like, they're like, why would you leave here? We kind of, we, we kind of just stay here forever. And I was talking to my husband about this, um, who is, was in the Marines. He was a major in the Marines when he left the Marines before retirement. And everyone in the military was like, why are you leaving? It's not, it's scary out there. You're safe right here. There's security. There's the known, there's the, the paycheck, the benefits. Like, why would you leave? We don't leave. This is safe. Stay here where it's safe. Right. Kind of like our clients experience when they have kind of like a, a feeling of like limitation in their family of origin, oftentimes they get stuck in when part of this safe community of people or this safe enough experience, right? So maybe I shouldn't keep growing and keep trying and keep creating what I want to do because this has some security in it. And what was actually happening for me at Stanford and was actually happening for my husband in the military was we were outgrowing our jobs and we needed to be more of our own bosses and have more independence. That's just who we are in our personalities. Just like when clients are individuating from their families of origin, right? Same thing. It's the, it's the same thing. So it's important again to kind of notice what we think might be happening, what is really happening and how we interpret that story, that narrative is so powerful because it what it's what takes us from that negative belief oftentimes to the positive belief. Okay, does that make sense? So flash forward, my twins were born in 2016. I, I'm going into private practice. It's 20, 2017, 2018. I'm starting Cambria Evans Psychotherapy. I'm in the traditional model of therapy. My kids turn two. <laughs> and y'all, I am tired. I am like beyond tired. Um burnt out. I'm in these kind of ebbs and flows of like a busy season in the winter. Like I'm just, I'm in all of this like bullshit basically. Right. And it's just, it's chaos. And I just had this breaking point where I was like, this is not working for me. This is not working for me. And I have to figure out how to do things differently that work for my life, for my practice so that I can be a, a happier version of myself. And I think that, you know, I, I'm saying this in a clear way today because I think that we have all said this before COVID, but especially over the last year and a half of COVID, we have said this, I'm so burnt out, I'm so tired, I, I don't feel anything, like I'm numb. I've seen this on all the Facebook groups, I've felt it, right? And so what I did in 2018, 2019, was I said, you know what? screw this. <laughs> I am charging higher rates. I am offering EMDR intensive therapy, which is like a niched specialized therapy. It's not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. Because I just need a handful of clients. Because all these people in these mom groups online were like, Oh, you have little kids, it gets easier. Lies. <laughs> it does not get easier. It gets different. Okay, for those of us with kids, it does not get easier. It gets different. Okay. And so I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to make my own model that works for me. And I don't know 
who's going to mentor me through this. I'm going to have to like pick and choose how this goes together. But what I'm, what I have been doing based on what everyone told me to do in private practice, it's, it's not gonna work for me anymore. So I decided to change my practice and it worked so well for my family. It worked so well for my practice that I was like, people need to know about this. I don't care if you're a mom or not a mom, but like the fact that people are staying in this state of burnout and fatigue and frustration and helplessness, it's like a learned helplessness. And I was in this mom group on Facebook and I saw this for therapists and she said, the mom was like, my, my kid's 18 months. I'm so burnt out. Every single comment, like 55 comments underneath. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that sounds so hard. And I was the only person that was like, change your practice model. I don't know. Like, why would you stay in that? Right. And it was interesting to me to see reflected back to me now that my, my kids are almost five, that my practice has been this way for many years, how we as therapists and, and parents too, will sometimes like reinforce this message of learned helplessness. Like, oh, that's hard for you. I'm sorry. Well, it gets better, right? Instead of saying, what can we do to interpret this in a way that's going to help you? Okay. You have a choice. You can stay here and this can be hard. That is your choice as a person. And it's important to know that you have choices now, right? Just like with our therapy clients, we have a client come in who's in an abusive relationship or a client come in who's, who's like in addiction and they're burnt out in their addiction, right? And they're like, I need to change, right? You, we have choices and it's important for us as therapists because we are not just support therapists as EMDR therapists. We are change therapists, okay? We're not just here empathizing and just saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, we are doing that, but we go beyond empathy, okay? We go beyond empathy into how can we change the way your body feels? How can we change the way your life looks? How can we change the way you think about what's happening or happened? How can we change the way you think about what you deserve so that your life will change? This is why I do EMDR and I do not just do support therapy, okay? We need to go beyond empathy. And I think it's a disservice and actually re-traumatizing when we don't go beyond empathy oftentimes, okay? So yes, are there people who are in certain circumstances who do not have resources to make changes at certain times? A hundred percent. I'm not dismissing that experience whatsoever, okay? I had been in that experience before growing up as a kid in a very um, impoverished family, okay? But if you are someone who has the privilege of resources, right? If you are someone who has the um, privilege of either being in private practice or considering a private practice, right? It means you have some choices, okay? So just like we highlight choice for our clients, I want us as a community to highlight choices for each other, which is going beyond empathy, which is showing us that we don't have to stay in a learned helplessness as a collective in this like weird trauma bond with each other. Okay. So I was the only person in this mom group who said, change your practice, girl. I changed my practice when my kids were too. Best choice I've ever made. Never look back. I don't do weekly therapy anymore because it doesn't get easier as your kids get older. It gets more complicated. My kids are starting kindergarten in a couple of weeks, you guys. 
Thank you, God, by the way, for getting them out of the house um, after COVID. But they're starting kindergarten, and I'm looking at this kindergarten schedule, and I'm like, who? first of all, who made this? This makes no sense. Why is my kid going to school one hour this day and two hours this day and minimum days and fall break? And I'm just like, no, no person with an actual full-time job like made this schedule, first of all. But luckily, I don't have a weekly client schedule anymore. I have to worry about any of that stuff. I have my intensive clients, whether they come to me to work for like several days in a row from either out of town or out of, uh, out of state. Or if I have people working intensively, like longer sessions, I just schedule them around all my kids' stuff. I have my kids' calendar right here in my office. And I know what days I don't schedule clients because I don't have weekly repeating people on my calendar anymore. I'm not available for that. I will never be available for that again, right? And because I'm charging more money for intensive sessions because they are a high value service, high value from the client, they get better faster, high value for me as a clinician, I don't need to work as much. My time as a therapist with clients is less than it has ever been and I have more financial resources than I have ever had before, okay? so. I want us to think about how we interpret what's happening to us now. Because that interpretation, just like we see with our clients, I think is one of the foundational pieces to us being able to make choices that make our life work for us. And the choices I'm going to make are going to be different than what you're going to make, right? You don't you probably don't have 4-year-old twins. <laughs> right? But you have a situation or situations in your life that might require you to have some flexibility in the way that you work and the way that you serve other people. Okay. So the more and more we help our EMDR clients interpret things from this positive cognition side of the NCPC sheet, it's interesting. It's almost like their brains start to learn to interpret from there moving forward. Right. So now when I have a setback at work, I'm like, well, I guess I learned something and that was helpful. I guess I got some data. Right. And that's important. That's different than saying I'm a failure. This didn't work. I'm incompetent. It's like, oh, I learned something and I'm capable to keep learning. And there's a difference. And I think that space, that positive cognition space is where the magic happens. It's where the creativity can happen, not just with your EMDR clients, but also with yourself in designing your own practice that works for you, okay? So I hope this is feeling helpful for you. I hope this is resonating with maybe some of the things that you've heard in our community, whether you're a parent or not, especially a parent of young kids, maybe this this is like hitting home for you. And if it is, I would encourage you to go ahead and check out our EMDR intensive design kit at the zerodisturbance.com website. I will also be offering an EMDR consultation program this fall. It is a comprehensive EMDR consultation program for eight months. We're going to hang out for eight months, you guys. You're going to get your clinical hours for certification, or if you want to be a consultant, you'll get those clinical hours every month. And you're going to get a lot of um, business coaching, practice coaching, practice redesign, and access to every single product that Zero Disturbance has ever made. Because I want you to have all the things, 
and I want you to be in this positive cognition place so that you can get magical with yourself, get magical with your life. This is, this is my hope for our community. And when we're in that space, not only will our clients be able to get there also, because we know what it feels like, but I think we'll be more sustained, right? We'll be more sustained if we're taking care of ourselves in a structurally like foundational way, which is different than like, I'm going to go on vacation this summer because the last year was hard. This is, this is like a, a deeply committed um, design that works for you and then also can keep evolving and changing depending on your kids' ages, depending on what your goals are for yourself, okay? So again, you know, I, I am so proud of our community for what we've gone through. I want us to remember what happened the last year and a half to inspire us to make some really deep, important changes moving forward that will be the way that we work forever. I don't want us to go back to what was normal before, okay? We, we worked way too much in the winter before, right? And I'll, and I'll do a, a podcast on that next week. Uh, next week, I'll be talking kind of as a part two about um, what you can do right now to experiment and to innovate in your practice, okay? What you can start doing right now. Because um, it's summer and the sun's out and we're all happy. Um, but yeah, winter is coming. Winter is like five months away. And it's, and it's a different feeling for a lot of therapists. And I want us to be intentional about what our winter is going to feel like this year, okay? So as always, I wish you health, happiness, I am rooting for your success and I look forward to connecting next time. Take care.